0: Hey, Semi-Together listeners, given all that is going on, Jill and I wanted to record a little intro to this episode. We recorded our interview with Claire Sturziker on March 12th, and it's March 17th now, and things are changing so quickly that circumstances have evolved in just a few days since we've recorded.
1: We're releasing this as planned because if you're like us, you want outlets to take your mind off things. We also discuss how business owners of different kinds are figuring out how to adapt to COVID-19, as well as some themes that are relevant to where we are right now getting through difficult times, coping with uncertainty, and developing resilience and self-assurance when faced with tough situations.
0: We hope you're hanging in there. We are taking it day by day and using the coping strategies that we've talked about in the podcast, like practice the pause and soften. And of course, it's not always easy to do that in times of stress. We've been also hosting regular Instagram live hangouts. So you can follow our Instagram at Together for updates and a compilation of the resources that we share. We love you, and we're all in this together. Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi.
1: And I'm her sister Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. Today we're excited to be interviewing Claire Sturziker, one of the first wonderful friends Brian and I made when we moved to Barcelona six years ago. A little bit more about Claire, she is a world traveler and creator of the blog Tales of a Backpacker, where she shares tips on how to travel the world on a budget while still splurging on once-in-a-lifetime experiences. As a solo female traveler, Claire has visited countries throughout Europe and Central, South, and North America, and she has many more destinations on her bucket list. So we're going to talk to Claire about how what seemed like a major setback in her life, getting fired, was actually an opportunity for change. It prompted her to pursue her dream of moving from Manchester back to Barcelona, where she would studied abroad, and several years later, when Claire was feeling stuck and restless, she decided to quit her job and buy a one-way ticket to Bolivia. She began a new chapter traveling on her own, writing about her adventures, and growing and monetizing her blog. So welcome to the podcast, Claire! Thank you.
2: Very happy to be here. I'm So excited to have you.
1: Yeah, excited <laughs> to talk to you. And I know you're a
0: listener of the podcast, so I'm excited yes. to meet you on the podcast. Yes, hey. likewise.
2: I feel like I know you already because I listen to <laughs> you so much. Oh, I'm so glad.
0: <laughs> well, we thought you'd be a great guest to have on Semi Together because you have pursued your big dreams and reinvented yourself several times in your life in spite of some setbacks along the way. And you have said that being fired from your job, something that can be pretty devastating, actually turned out to be a good thing. So why don't you start by telling us more about your story? How did you transform a tough situation into an opportunity for positive change?
2: Well, at the time I was working, I was a special events coordinator and wedding coordinator at Manchester United Football Club, which is probably, you know, a dream job for a lot of people, I'm sure. But... I I really struggled with it. I just didn't feel like I fitted in. I didn't really get on with my colleagues. There was a lot of work. I felt like you know I needed more help. Um, there was a lot of reorganisation in the department, and my role changed to more of a sales role. So instead of organising, it was more like cold calling, going out, finding more people who wanted to have events. And I'm not a salesperson, right? So I really was Cold colour is my nightmare. <laughs> it it <laughs> is very brutal. The worst.
1: It's the worst.
0: Especially if they weren't hired for that purpose. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly.
2: So you know, it turned into a job that I really didn't want to do and I didn't have the right skills to do. I was unhappy doing it. And then when I finally got called into my manager's office, like I I knew what was coming. Like it was not a surprise for them to say do you know what, this isn't working. And I was like, no, no, it's absolutely not working. Like, I agree. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's not you, it's me. But, you know, obviously I was upset, like no one wants to be told that they're not good at something, um, especially to the extent that they don't even want you to try doing it anymore. So yeah, it was pretty tough, but it was definitely a turning point in my life. Like this was actually, uh, it was about 10 days before my 30th birthday.
1: Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Happy There's birthday more. to you. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Happy milestone.
2: <laughs> And I also actually got dumped by the guy I was seeing at the time, on the same day. No, <laughs> that's the worst. Like no. guys. Yeah, it, it, it was not. It was not good. So obviously, I had a bit of a crisis. I, I, I did what most people would do. I imagine, I, you know, I cried. I freaked out. I panicked. I was looking for new jobs in Manchester. You know, I was like 30 years old, and I had nothing to show for it. I had no job, no boyfriend, no house. Like I was just renting a room in the shared house in Manchester at the time. So, yeah, I, I definitely freaked out for a while. Well, a few days. Sure. that is the yeah. a normal response. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. But then as I was kind of busy freaking out, I also it's kind of dawned on me that actually, you know, I don't have a job. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a house. I don't have any responsibilities. I don't have anything making me stay in Manchester anymore. Mm-hmm and that was it was liberating you know that that was the first time that i realized that i actually had the freedom to choose whatever i wanted to do Mm -hmm. so i booked a flight to barcelona and like 10 days later i was in barcelona wow Well, still with no flat, no job, no boyfriend, but... But, you know. Nice weather. <laughs> but a beautiful location. <laughs> yeah. new. Exactly. Exactly. I figured if I was going to be unemployed and miserable, I might as well do it in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I kind of set myself a deadline actually, I said to myself, like, give myself three months. I had enough money saved, so I could afford to not work for three months just as a trial period. And I figured, you know, worst case scenario, if it all goes horribly wrong, I'll just, you know, book a a flight home and figure out what to do next. But actually, you know, I find myself a job and a room in an apartment the first week I was there. That's crazy. Yeah, it it was great. I also got fired from that job and (laughs) I moved house shortly afterwards, but it it was a start and that was the main thing. It was a start and it meant that I could stay in Barcelona so even though those things weren't ideal it was definitely a step in the right direction and i was so happy to be in barcelona instead of manchester
0: yes i'm so so happy you came here too Yeah, and it's funny because I have a similar Barcelona story. Just after college graduation, I was so fed up with the trodden path and with school. I just wanted something completely different. And so I'd studied in Salamanca, Spain during college and had always wanted to visit Barcelona, but had never gotten a chance. And so I was like, I'm just going to move there. You know, it was totally out of character. I just up and moved without a job and any prospects, like no apartment. But I also found those things within a couple weeks. And it is amazing how you can rise to the challenge
2: when the pressure's on. Especially yes. when you have a city like Barcelona, it, it makes you want to succeed as well. It makes you want to try it. It's right. true. It just feels full
1: of life and opportunity and it mm. is just so gorgeous there. Yes. Definitely. And getting out of the kind of rut that you're in in a different place, it's kind of nice to have a change of scenery. And even if you're you know unemployed for a little while, if you have the savings, it's a better environment to be in.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> so how did this experience change the way you saw yourself and the way you've handled challenges since so did it help you build your confidence
2: and resilience over the long term? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's given me so much more confidence in myself. Uh, now I know that I can start over with nothing. You know, it's given me much less fear of losing and less fear of failure. You know, to go from literally having nothing to then, you know, getting a job that I enjoyed. Finally, you know, finding good friends and living and enjoying the city of Barcelona. You know, I. I made that happen. And I know that because I've done it before, if I had to do it again, I know that I could do. So that's, yeah, that's definitely a huge confidence booster for sure. It's incredible
0: those things that can't be taken away from you, like your, your skills, Mm. your knowledge, your energy, your optimism. Yeah. And I wondered if it was out of character for you like I said for me it really was like I was a planner I was very type A and I was more comfortable just doing the traditional thing up until Mm. I just got so fed up with that I was like I'm just doing something completely different and rejected expectations and went to Barcelona (laughs) so I wondered about your for you was it out of character?
2: Well I don't know to be honest because it was pretty extreme but it wasn't unheard of like after my first year of university I suddenly decided that I wanted to go in work in America for the summer. So I ended up working on this ranch in Wisconsin for a couple of months after my first year of uni. <laughs> it's very adventurous. <laughs> it's <so> yeah, random. <laughs> yeah I, I just had this idea that I wanted to do it. And I think I've been lucky that I have been able to decide most of my life choices myself and, you know, I've never really had issues with peer pressure or anything like that. So I, if I didn't want to do something, then I wouldn't do it. But equally, if I really wanna do something, then I, I will do it. Yeah, this, this was probably you know on the extreme end of the scale, but at the time, it really didn't seem like that big of a deal, even though a lot of people said to me that it was. Yeah, it just felt like a natural step for me. So what advice do you have for other people who are
1: trying to deal with a hard situation like you were trying to move past a failure or a disappointment in life?
2: I guess, don't take it personally, Like if it's work related, you know, it's a business decision in in that case, you know, I wasn't bringing in the sales, the business that I needed to. So for them, it wasn't that they didn't like me as a person. It was the fact that I couldn't do that job. That doesn't mean that you're never going to work again or for a relationship. If it's not working, it doesn't mean that you will never have another relationship with anyone. It just means that that particular relationship wasn't right for you. I mean, take the time to reflect, obviously, you know, maybe there are things I could have done better, but I couldn't change it then. You can only change how you react to it. You know, what's done is done, but what you do next, like, you have the power to change that. I think that's what you need to remember. Sometimes more
0: quickly than you expect also, it really is mm. incredible how you were freaking out in England one day and then just set up for success with a totally different life in Spain within a couple of yeah. weeks.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: It really did happen very quickly. Yeah.
1: yeah. And if you hadn't had that pretty low moment, you wouldn't have been set on this, this new path moving to Barcelona and then the next steps
2: you took from there. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to say everything happens for a reason. I think that's a bit too convenient, but <laughs> it's amazing what you can achieve. You know, when you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. The only way is up.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes it takes those kind of catalysts to shake things up. And you need to reevaluate. Or things like my husband got sick with West Nile virus. He was in the hospital for several days and I had the two kids on my own and I just like reached another level, like a different year (sighs) that I didn't know I had. Because I had to. There's no other option. You know? Yeah had to keep your lifestyle running and i think yeah. we all have those moments and it can be really positive especially to see what we're capable of and then tap into that and reflect on it within moments of struggle where you're hitting internal struggles you're like okay i had all these external struggles and i got through that so i can
2: get through this too yeah exactly there's there's that phrase i can't remember exactly how it goes but like you only get a diamond with a lot of pressure mm. you know it comes from a piece of coal or whatever something that doesn't seem to be very valuable but it can transform and it's only under pressure that you realize, you know, what you are capable of. Oh, I love that. I love
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> so much wisdom Claire. I know. <laughs> so this all happened seven years ago in 2013, and you've made another pretty big change since. So tell us a little bit more about that. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So I, I was very happy in Barcelona. You know, I love the city. I made some wonderful friends and I found a job that I did enjoy as well. But over time, like after a couple of years, I realized that I wasn't enjoying work as much. I was a personal assistant and I just kind of got tired of doing everything for other people. <laughs> I was the office manager as well. And like every time someone had a problem, they would come to me and gradually I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. Like I was short tempered. I was getting annoyed at things that wouldn't have bothered me previously. And I think that's when I realized that I needed to make a change. And other things around me too, like. You know, a couple of my friends lost lost parents that year and a cousin of a friend of mine sort of collapsed with a brain hemorrhage who was mm. the same age as me. And Gosh. it just, yeah, like, luckily it touched with, like nothing to me personally, but just ha- things happening to my friends around me that made me realise that life is short. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. kind of realised, you know, it's now or never. And I'd always wanted to travel and see the world, but I knew that if I didn't do it then, I would never do it. So I quit my job and I booked a flight. Yeah. And and that was it. Basically. I just, it was supposed to be like a once in a lifetime trip. I had in my head that I was going to go for a year traveling and then come back. But yeah, the most important thing for me was just to make that change after I'd realized I was unhappy.
0: Yeah, I love that you read the signs internally, kind of took, took the temperature, just yeah. seeing that you were reacting with annoyance at things that didn't bother you before. And then the cues around you that life is short, we're not guaranteed. You know, some people think like, oh, I'll do this in 10 years, I'll work and earn money. And then, you know, but there really is no guarantee beyond now.
2: <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. you got to take the chance while you can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that
1: you weren't satisfied with just being unhappy and working and that that was the only option that you're able to <laughs> think of other options and think of the things you wanted to do and see what you could yeah. do. Yeah, not just getting by not tolerating it.
2: Yeah, well, that, that was also the good thing about like getting fired and moving to Barcelona in the first place is that kind of made me realize that I am capable of making a change. Mm-hmm. So that original getting fired was the catalyst for me taking the decision to quit my job to go traveling. Like I don't think I would have had the confidence to do that had I not been able to restart again. Yeah. It's amazing. You didn't
0: internalize that failure. Like I am a failure. Okay. This didn't work out, but that doesn't mean that you personally are a failure. If there's anything permanent about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just wasn't the right fit. Right. No, totally. Yeah. It's not personal. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then it opened up this whole other
0: pathway. <laughs> no, Thank yeah. goodness for it. Yay! <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think with the recession and disruptions in the economy, people have had to reinvent themselves. And a lot of the time, their new path is just a lot better than the one that they were on just getting by.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: Well, a lot of people wonder about whether to keep their passions as hobbies or to make them into careers, and you have become a paid travel blogger. So tell us about that, and how did
2: you know that you wanted to make that your paid work? Well, I enjoyed traveling so much. I really didn't want to give it up. You know, like I said, the first time I went traveling, it was really supposed to be a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And at the time, I thought, oh, you know, if I can earn a little bit of money while I'm traveling, then you know, maybe I can travel for longer. But then when I got back after a year of traveling without making any money, I just couldn't face getting a real job, like a, a real job in quotation marks, a normal job. <laughs> Nine to five, um, real job, an <laughs> office. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I didn't really did not want to give up on travel. So then I had to find a way to make it work so I could keep traveling. And that's when I decided to really try and make the blog work because I started it when I left. But really, you know, I was just writing um, like a diary, basically, Mm. sort of what I was doing. So it was only when I came back um, after that year that I thought, you know, I quite like this. I want to make it work. Yeah, it sounds like you've used a
0: strategy of when making a big change, mapping out what you'll do if it doesn't work out. Like you had three months of savings to live on in Barcelona, and you'd go back to England if that ran out. And then if travel blogging didn't work out after a year, you could get a traditional job again. Just kind of giving yourself an out in the future. It seems like that helped you
2: take that risk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, the main thing was I really didn't want to give up, but Mm -hmm. I... I think I was also lucky. I had some savings that meant I could go traveling in the first place, but you know, that second year of travel, when I went back, I was like volunteering in hostels, so I wasn't spending very much money And I was, yeah, trying to make the blog work. So I had to make some sacrifices. You know, this wasn't a luxury travel trip by any means, it was all backpacking, but you know, that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to, to yeah, to make it work. So yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> I do what it takes, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: So traveling the world and writing about your adventures for most of us sounds like a dream job, but I also <laughs> know that it requires a ton of hustle and hard work. So oh, yes. how have you dealt with that? How have you grown your blog and your audience over the years and how have you been able to earn money in different ways to be able to travel full time?
2: it does take a lot of work <laughs> and you know just a word of caution for people wanting to start a travel blog or any blog actually they, it is a lot of work you know in the beginning i was just like oh yeah and i can make some money while i'm traveling <laughs> great um but yeah i've had to learn everything about search engine optimization about photo editing about social media management pinterest about how to make my fight site faster. You know. All of this stuff basically has been self-taught and I've been trying things and learning, constantly learning actually for the past like four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily for travel blogging, there is a really good community. You know, travel bloggers are actually awesome people and we all share tips and we share each other's posts and we all support each other, which is great.
0: Yeah, it's cool that you're not competitive with each other, withholding information, but sharing pretty
2: freely. Right, there's enough yeah. for everyone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, we all write about different places, and we all have different people who read the different articles. So, yeah, it's not we're not really in competition. Mm-hmm. So that's really helped me, and that's what helped me learn and develop and grow, was learning from all these other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, about making money from the site. Like once you actually have people coming to the site, that's when you can start to make money. Obviously if no one reads it, then you're not gonna make money. But (laughs) yeah, a lot of people ask me how I actually make money from the blog. So there's various different ways. One of the main ways, certainly in the beginning is through sponsored posts, where a company would pay you to mention them in an article and link to their website. Another one would be affiliate marketing. So if I recommend a product and someone buys it using my link, then I get a bit of commission from the sale that's things like Amazon or Hostelworld, you know, booking sites, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also now have ads on my site. So that brings in some revenue every month, just through people actually just being on the site. They don't need to have to do anything, but just reading it. Another way is working with clients who would pay me to produce content about them. Like for example, last year I was working on a project with Wombats Hostels in Europe. And so I went to all their hostels, talked about them on social media and wrote about them in the blog. Also, this freelance writing as well, you know, writing for other websites or publications. And another way, a potential way to earn money is to sell products of my own. I haven't actually done that yet, but I'm looking into either branded products, like a travel bag or things like that, or maybe like an ebook kind of product, but I haven't sold anything of my own yet, but that's in the pipeline, hopefully.
1: Cool. It's impressive that you're able to teach yourself all of these different things, learn from other people, and kind of figure out the different paths to making your blog profitable. Was it tough in the beginning? How are you able to kind of push through the initial tough part?
2: <laughs> well, I didn't earn any money on the blog for about three years, like mm-hmm. literally nothing. But like I said, when I was traveling, I really reduced my, my outgoings. I was, I had the initial flight. But then when I was volunteering in hostels, I wasn't paying accommodation. And often there was like free meals involved. So I had to really make some cutbacks in what I spend, like not, you know, buying new clothes, things like that. I didn't have a mortgage or anything to pay. So yeah, I really cut back on my expenses was how I managed to get through it. And then now this year, luckily I've started to, you know, not mega bucks, but, you know, a reasonable, reasonable income, which is good. That's awesome.
0: To learn all this stuff, did you I know you talked to some people in your in the travel blogger community, did you take mm-hmm. online classes? Did you do your own research?
2: I did take a course, like a beginner's blogging kind of course, which was when I really started to think about, okay, this, this is a business, you know, this isn't just a I went here and it was nice kind of mm-hmm. blog. This is actually understanding it as a business as opposed to just as something I write about. But no, most of it is, you know, just kind of picking it up as I go along and and trying things out, and yeah, reading articles online, like, there's a lot of information online. You know, you don't need to do a particular course, it just kind of has it all condensed for you, but then obviously there's a cost involved with doing a, a course. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of the budget way and literally trying to you know, feel my way along. <laughs> Maybe if I did do a course then I would have been able to learn all these things faster and then make some more money faster, but I took the budget route so it was a long, a long slog, but a cheap one.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jill and I are self-taught with podcasting too so it's been a lot of trial and error for us which in itself is a learning experience as two people who were very like dedicated students and wanted to get things perfect in you know, the first time and so we're just like okay well we're gonna try this if it doesn't work we'll tweak it on social media we'll do more of what people respond to and less of what people don't and it's a totally new learning process
2: yeah but like you said it's trying things out and yeah some things might not work great but then you find something that does work and you just go with that and right
0: the real world feedback is yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well so many of us could be hard on ourselves when we hit roadblocks and get discouraged so tell us about a challenge that you've run into or a recurring roadblock on the way to pursuing your goals and how you moved through it
2: Well, now with having the travel blog, there are a lot of things that are beyond my control, which can affect how many readers I get, like Google, for example, you know, a lot of people find my site through the Google search engine, Mm -hmm. but if Google decides to update their algorithm and change all of the search results, then I don't really have any control over that. Like there was a big update in November, which decimated a lot of travel bloggers traffic. And of course, lately with the coronavirus, you know, people aren't traveling, certainly they're not traveling as much anymore. So people aren't reading about travel destinations, they're not making any bookings because there's so much uncertainty. And that, yeah, it can really make you question like, can I do this? You know, is it sustainable? I think if it's something, you know, you feel really passionate about and you believe you can make it work, then you just kind of keep going. Traveling is the only thing I found that really, that uh, like inspires me, that really puts the fire in my belly. You know, that, this is the longest I've stuck at any job just because I love it so much. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm determined to make this work. <laughs> awesome.
0: Are there ways that you have pivoted or are thinking about pivoting just with the changes to people's travel mm. and changes to algorithm? Just any advice for people? You see the circumstances around you changing and you've got to figure out a way to change with them.
2: Yeah, well, I was toying with the idea of starting a food blog. I thought, you know, if people aren't traveling, they've got to eat.
1: They've got to eat.
2: Yeah. But then I was, you know, I'm in various blogging groups and there was a food blogger there and she said, you know, people aren't buying recipes for cookies, you know, they're just buying toilet roll and hand sanitizer, like, you know, their priorities at the moment anyway. I mean, I think this, for example, this Corona thing, I think, you know, we will adapt to it and some kind of normality will get back. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say, you know, whether that will involve a lot more travel. I I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just trying to find something that might work. I've just started a second travel blog actually, because my first one is Tales of a Backpacker. So that's obviously budget travel Mm -hmm. and the new, new new-ish one. It's been going for about a year now, but I've kind of abandoned it for a while, but it's back. It's called This Travel Lover and it's just basically solo female travel, but not just backpacking. So I'm hoping that, you know, if if backpackers can't afford to do certain things, then maybe no more mid-range travel as well. So I'm trying
1: that for a while. Awesome. Different audience, new adventures. Yeah. Hmm.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah I think a lot of us are just trying to brainstorm what we're going to do work wise we mm. have a an ad agency and so we could work from home but then also if people have other priorities projects may be on hold and so just trying to think about the next few months and what that could look like I think a lot of people especially who do work in big office buildings are also wondering the same thing at this point so hopefully we'll all figure it out together
2: <laughs> yes. yeah I think one comfort is that you know we're not alone it, yeah it's, everybody's it's in a- the same boat Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's affecting every kind of industry. Travel obviously is a huge one, but it's affecting everybody. So we'll just have to wait and see what what happens. Yeah, hopefully Hopefully we can
0: band together. (laughs) Come on, humanity, do
1: it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So when you made the leap to quit your job and start traveling full time, did you have to get past any fears to be able to do that? And is there anything that you wish you'd known before you got started? (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's it, like I said, in terms of making a leap to quit, it was just I, I had to do it. And then when I love travel so much, I had to find a way to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. In terms of what I wish I'd known, I suppose knowing anything about blogging would have been useful. <laughs> you know, like I said, I didn't earn any money for so long. And if I'd known things like SEO, you know, search engine optimization, if I'd known how to get people to read the blog, then it would have been a lot easier. But now I'm using everything that I've learned to put into this new blog. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work. Actually, now I know what I'm doing, whether I can grow it faster.
1: Yeah, you have all those hard-earned skills that you've honed in your first blog. So it should go a lot faster in theory.
2: In theory, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Waiting to see about that one, but yeah, in theory. (laughs)
0: Yeah, your approach is inspiring to me. I've been reading a lot of Carol Dweck and fixed mindset versus growth mindset, the growth mindset being that you can get smarter through effort and by just trying and learning and persevering. Mm -hmm. And I'm just impressed that you just rely on yourself, like you trust yourself to figure it out. Even if you don't know right now, it doesn't mean you won't know it in the future. (laughs) It's like if the job isn't working out now, it doesn't mean other jobs won't work out in the future. And I'm really trying to adopt that growth mindset myself. Like, I don't know what's coming, but I trust myself
2: to figure it out. Yeah, you've got this. You've got yes, this. Whatever right. it is, you've got it. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can handle what
1: comes at me. Yes, you definitely can. <laughs> awesome. We're going to use you as a guide on our quest to, to adopt more of a growth mindset, Claire.
2: Yes, please do. Please do. That, that made me really happy, actually. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'll just play this
0: clip of
2: Claire I know, saying, you, exactly. got you, got you got this on my phone. You've got this.
0: Yeah, everyone, take that clip and just play it back <laughs>
2: if you're ever feeling exactly. down. when
1: you need a pep talk. Well,
0: you say that you hope your blog inspires other people to travel, especially other women over 30 who are interested in traveling solo. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to take her first solo trip?
2: Just do it. Do it. Do it. You got this. Um, (laughs) You know, not everyone feels comfortable just booking that flight straight off. Start with baby steps. If you're not used to doing things by yourself, then maybe just try something in your own town. You know, go and watch a movie, go to the museum, go for dinner by yourself and just see how you how you like it. You know, you could even book a staycation in your own town, you know, book a hotel down the road, somewhere close by so that if you realize that it's not for you, then you can just come home. The, the other thing I guess is that, you know, there are lots of ways to meet people while you're traveling. You know, you don't have to travel on your own. There are group travel options, your tours, things like that, or if you choose to stay in hostels, you can meet loads of people while you're traveling. And these are all just people you don't know yet. They're future friends. (laughs) But yeah, the main thing is I think would just be to give it a go because you never know until you try it. So yeah, try it.
0: Yeah. And that's been my experience too. It's just anytime I've done anything on my own from eating lunch by myself, you know, either on a park bench or at a restaurant, <laughs> it's really liberating. I've stayed in a hostel by myself and met a bunch of people I never would have met if I had been traveling with other people or of course not even been there at all. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. when, <laughs> and then when I was 26, I decided to, again, out of character, visit Central America on my own. I just decided I wanted something different. I wanted to see Guatemala. I wanted to study Spanish. So I booked a to Guatemala and Belize and took a week of Spanish classes and then traveled and I'd met so many people some of whom I'm still in touch with you know more than a decade Mm -hmm. later and it it does build so much confidence and also it is just nice to be able to do your own thing and then not have to consult with anyone else so (laughs) I would highly recommend solo travel especially for women.
2: Oh definitely I I love it you just get to do whatever you want when you want like Mm -hmm. yeah no questions asked I I love it oh and Guatemala and Belize are both amazing as well. Oh Oh my gosh, yes, I saw you wrote
0: about that on your blog. (laughs) I went to Antigua, and I studied in Shayla,
1: and just loved it. It's on my list. Yes, I love traveling by myself as well. I haven't done as much of it in recent years, but in my 20s for sure, I live by myself and travel by myself within Europe, and it is just really liberating to know you can do whatever you want and that you don't have to rely on anyone else, even when problems arise, that you will figure Mm -hmm. it out. It builds some confidence.
2: Definitely.
1: (laughs) So... How do you make time for self-care when you're traveling so much? Do you have any strategies that help you care for your mental and physical and emotional health?
2: Uh, well, when I am traveling long-term, like travel burnout is definitely a thing, mm-hmm. Like it's exhausting planning where to go, uh, making bookings, physically getting from place to place as well. Mm-hmm. So now I've realized that I need to travel slowly, uh, to give me more time in each place. So I, I don't feel rushed when I'm in a new place. I don't have to plan immediately the next place I'm going. And it also, you know, gives me time to work now because travel for me now isn't just about enjoying it. I also have, well, I have to, I don't have to, but you know, I want to write about it and take photos. So I I need the time to do that. I I do struggle to take time off. I know that's something I'd like to improve is to get my work-life balance a bit better. You know, I, I often work sort of seven days a week, but only for a couple of hours a day, like I'm not working 12 hour shifts or anything. Mm. I do find it quite difficult to switch off, especially when social media is 24 hours a day. (laughs) So to to help with that, I do schedule things in advance if I can. So they'll, you know, I'll prepare it in advance and Facebook or Twitter or whatever will automatically send it out. So it's not all live. And then when I am traveling, you know, I can go for a week without even touching my laptop. But if I'm at home, then I tend to be on it like, all the time, which I don't think is the healthiest way to do it. <laughs> we all um, understand how that goes. Yeah, though. Yeah. We relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do try and have the evenings off, though, like I usually turn off about 6.30, 7 o'clock or something just to relax and watch TV and put my phone down. And at the moment, I'm staying at my parents' house and that's better now I'm with other people because I can engage with them instead of just being me and my phone. Yeah, um, I find it so much easier when other people are
0: around to hold me accountable. Yeah, to for me. sure. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll work myself into the ground, you <laughs> know, lift yeah, your I devices,
2: mean, you can just right. work forever. <laughs> yeah. And I found when I was on my own, like, I've recently been cat-sitting with some friends of mine in Leeds, so I was in the house on my own, and I'd be sitting watching TV, so arguably relaxing, but then I have my laptop and I was just doing something mindless mm-hmm. work-wise, mm-hmm. and you know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm multitasking. This is great. But the other hand, it was like, oh, my God, put put the laptop down, Claire. just, you know, have a break. Right. One screen yeah. at a time. I do the same yeah. thing. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> a <good> rule. <laughs> and you do have
0: to be really disciplined when you are self-employed to shut it off and set those boundaries for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I haven't
2: quite got it figured out yet. I'm working process. on it Yeah, if yeah, you do you figure want. it out, let me know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, likewise <please. laughs>
0: Well, and what you said about traveling slowly, Claire I've found mm. that too I've done travel both ways where I tried to pack into, you know, a week one day in each place and just moving place to place and it's so exhausting To me, it's much better to just take three, four days at a time and really get to know a city walk around, eat the food there and just feel like you don't need to pack up the very next
2: day and move on Oh, yeah, I mean You know if you don't have many vacation days to take it's very easy for us to say oh yeah slow travel is amazing obviously if you've only got a very short time then you want to try and pack stuff in Mm -hmm. but to sustain that over a long period it's just not possible
0: yeah and maybe you can take little day trips and park yourself Mm. in one location and do it kindly to (laughs) yourself exactly yeah (laughs) well you've been able to diverge from the traditional path of you know get married have kids work a nine-to-five job So I wondered if you felt any pressure to do those things, and are you (laughs) part of a community of people like the travel bloggers you spoke about that have also shaped their own paths?
2: Well, I wouldn't say I've had pressure, but there was certainly an expectation, even from me, that I was going to get married, have kids, do the the normal thing in quotes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) exactly. make sure those quotes are in there (laughs) very much your quotes. (laughs) Yeah. You can't see me, but I am air quoting you. You know, I always assumed that is what I was going to do. When I left university, I got a boyfriend and we lived together and I just kind of assumed that that was it. Mm -hmm. But when I realized that that relationship wasn't working or rather when we realized it was a mutual thing, that's when I started to think, oh, you know, I don't have to marry this guy. I could marry someone else. I could not get married at all. And when we broke up, I realized that I could survive on my own and actually, I quite liked it. So that gave me that first idea that I didn't have to do the normal thing. (laughs) And that's, I don't know, as a community. Yeah, obviously now I know a lot of travel bloggers who have done similar things to me, but also with people that I know from home back from the UK and also in, in Barcelona as well. So my friends there, they're choosing to to shape their own paths now. Like originally they may have had, again in quotes, normal jobs, but now they're starting to make less traditional decisions about their work and about their personal life as well. Whether that's they're choosing to quit their job and start up their own business, or if they're in a relationship but they decided not to have kids or just do something completely different. I feel like society as a whole now, we're more aware of alternatives to the traditional get married have kids well till you die you know we've realized that there are other alternatives now um, and a lot more people are taking that choice definitely
0: yeah I think being online and so connected you just see more examples of people doing different things and then because mm-hmm. we are connected you can kind of work from anywhere a lot of the time or work remotely sometimes there's just a lot more possibility than there used to be
2: yeah yeah definitely the internet has changed things Mm -hmm. unbelievably yeah it
0: It is amazing when you kind of open up your mind to the possibilities for yourself like you had thought that you'd had this path and then did something completely different you know Mm -hmm. I grew up in California and had never pictured myself living in Mississippi but I met a guy from Mississippi and now I live Mm -hmm. here and I'm settled here so it's just incredible what you can do when you kind of open up your mind to the possibilities for yourself
2: yeah exactly and you can do whatever you want right you know yeah obviously you know life sometimes influences that but Mm -hmm. the ultimate decision is with you so
0: right and then you can change if it's not working
1: there's not one (laughs) there's there's not one path that everyone has to take because that would be pretty boring
2: you know so many different ways
1: to live a happy fulfilling life exactly and it is
2: different for everyone as well you know some people they do want that tradition they do want to get married have kids and that's amazing for them but it's good to know that there is a choice now we don't all have to do the same
0: Yes. And in different seasons of life, like some people have second acts, you know, after their kids grow up or Mm. there's a divorce that happens and then they kind of reinvent themselves and go off in a different direction unexpectedly. For sure. Exactly.
1: So now it's time for a segment called Steal This Tip, Claire Sturziker edition. So what is a piece of advice that you have for people who are feeling stuck and want to make a change in their lives?
2: I think the most important thing is just to remember that nothing is forever. Like, if you are going through a tough time, then this too shall pass. But also if you do want to try something new, then that doesn't have to be forever either. You know, you can try it out, see if you like it. If you don't like it, then you can try something else. You know, I I moved around quite a lot, a few different jobs, a few different cities until I found something that I was really happy with. And then even after that in Barcelona, a few years later, I realized I wanted another change. You know, that's okay. When I made those choices, a lot of people told me, oh, you know, I wish I could do that. I wish I could quit my job. And you can. You have the power to make changes in your life. And obviously it's more complicated if you're married, you have kids or a mortgage. You know, maybe quitting your job to travel the world isn't that easy if you're in those situations, but you can still make other changes to your life. And it doesn't matter how small these changes are, they could really make a big difference. So, yeah, just give it a try. I think that would be my advice. It is really
1: comforting to think that nothing is forever. For good things, of course, you want it to last forever sometimes, but when it's yeah. a tough time, it is comforting to know that you know, change is constant and what yeah. works right now might not in the future and what's terrible right now won't be there
2: tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It swings both ways, as you said, but yeah, the, the only constant thing is life is change. Yes, yeah. Definitely. So where, where can people find you online, Claire? Well, my main blog is Tales of a Backpacker, so that's at talesofabackpacker.com. My second site is called This Travel Lover, so thistravellover.com. Okay. And then I'm on Instagram at Tales of a Backpacker at This Travel Lover. I'm on Twitter at Claire Stairs is my main one, and I'm on Facebook at Tales of a Bad Backer and this travel lover too. I'm everywhere basically.
1: <laughs> you have a great social media presence. Yes. <laughs> yes. And do follow Claire because she has beautiful photos and great content about places that you want to visit in the world. Yes. Oh, thank you. Put That's on your bucket true. list. And we'll link to all these in the show notes. Yes.
2: Oh, thank you. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for joining us today, Claire. This has
2: yes. been wonderful
1: no it's been really nice to chat to you guys it's really great to talk (laughs) to you for the first time and not not just on social media i know i'm glad to make this connection in you know real life kind of irl yeah
2: (laughs) thanks so much for having me on thanks so much thank you
1: claire now it's time for get it together got it together a segment where we share something we'd like to work on and something that's going well for us so malia would you like to go first sure my Get It Together
0: is not engaging with my 20 for 2020 goals as regularly as when the year started. <laughs> so I have them up in my closet, like I printed them out, and I have them taped up in my closet. And I had been starring each one. At the end of the day, I had a routine before going to bed of looking through all of them. And if I'd made progress in any of them, then I'd give myself a gold star. One of the goals is to have those little jars with each family member's name on it, including myself, and then I would write down something where we connected that day, and then put it to the jar. So I think this is a great thing to do. However, I wait until it's about 11pm. And I'm so tired. I just can't bear to do this ritual. (laughs) Because then I always do my three good things in my journal, like before I turn out the light, which I have kept up because it is so quick. I can just kind of jot those down without much detail. But yes, I have probably once a week. So I guess that's okay. But our friend Katie was saying that she has her 20 for 2020 goals in her work planner. And so every day she will look through and say, what am I doing today to advance this goal? I'm like, that is so disciplined. I mean, really, there needs to be steps and a pathway. And then you're engaging with it during the day. Because at night, I'm like, oh, did I do this? But it's much better, I think, in the morning to be like, how will I do this? So that was a great idea.
1: That's a good flip. I like that.
0: Yeah. So I want to give that a try. And then my Got It Together is doing the first 15. So I heard about this concept of reading for 15 minutes to kick off my work day. And I've mostly been doing that, I'd say, probably, like, three times a week at least. And it's great because, I mean, it's only 15 minutes before I open my email and before I get distracted by tasks. I'll read from Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt. I've started reading Mindset by Carol Dweck, which I just wrote about in our Semi-Together newsletter, and we can link to that in the show notes, but I want everyone to read the book Mindset. It is so life-changing, and I'm going to read this one until I finish, because often I jump around book to book, but my God, this book is changing my life, and I'm really trying to adopt the growth mindset, even though I have grown up with a fixed mindset.
1: That's amazing. I love the idea of the first 15 because often I treat reading as like a treat at the end of the day Mm -hmm. instead of, okay, you can just start with this little boost and a way to focus on something you are interested in. That's really great.
0: Yeah. And it bookends your day because in the morning you can read something when you're fresh, when you're at your desk, something that you're working on. Like I think after Mindset, I might do a money management book because that is such a big goal of mine and an area of fear and anxiety for me. And then at the end of the day, you can reward yourself with something like fiction or some kind of escape. I'm reading mm-hmm. Pema Chodron's When Things Fall Apart, which is probably it is a little bit intense. And Darren's it's always maybe like... maybe not are... my <laughs> escapist literature. But... <laughs> I know. That's true. Always... Darren's like, are things still falling apart? I'm like, yes still falling apart so maybe I will try to get something a little lighter a little beach reading for bedtime just a light beach
1: read.
0: yeah just in saying that out loud I was like okay that's probably pretty intense for bedtime working out my essential nature moments before I close my eyes
1: well Jill what is your get it together got it together So my get it together is I had a bit of a minor meltdown this week Mm -hmm. about a trip I have planned to the States next month. Mm -hmm. So with everything going on right now with the coronavirus and travel alerts and cancellations and all this stuff, this was a few days ago before some of the newer things have been put into place, but Mm -hmm. I had booked a trip back to California to visit our family and see friends a couple months ago, and now that is in flux. And so Mm -hmm. at the time, you know, we still don't have all the information about what flights are canceled and who's traveling where. But I was already thinking like, it's probably not a good idea for me to travel. Right. I was worried about you. Yeah. I'm not as worried for myself, but I am very conscious about people who are more at risk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our dad has had some health issues in the last few Mm -hmm. months and all Mm -hmm. these things were non-essential travel I'm really trying not to do that so mm-hmm. it became this whole thing of well I, I bought the ticket and is it going to be refunded and if I don't go now do I not get to go home at all this year It spun into a yeah it's hard out
0: <laughs> yeah well and you were so looking forward to it and then it yeah. just feels so scary and unjust and it opens up a lot of anxiety
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's really what happened. I just kind of freaked out at Brian for a little bit, and he was very supportive, and I just kind (laughs) of had my moment, and right now, it's all changing pretty quickly, and there's not a lot I can do anyway, so I think a lot of it will be out of my hands, and so Mm -hmm. I have to sit back and just deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, so So you're just kind of waiting, wait and see at this point? Yeah, if my flight still is going, then I will rebook it, and pay the -hmm. the change fee and do it later in the year. Mm what I suspect is that it will be canceled
0: and Mm -hmm, then mm
1: -hmm. I'll have to reschedule anyway so yeah sure either way there's nothing I'm going to do in the immediate moment but in the next you know few weeks I'll see what happens
0: yeah and we all are in the same boat I mean you and I talked about Darren and me coming to visit in the spring and so that's up in the air too and I think everyone's just in wait and see mode
1: yeah exactly there's you know a lot friends were supposed to come visit this weekend mm. but there's a, a DOD sixty day travel ban for them so they can't leave mm. Germany this weekend and so oh, wow they're not coming and you know, all, the Barcelona Beer Festival is happening right now but it got cancelled because gatherings of a thousand or more people have been banned in Catalonia which is wise but you know all it these, is I know it's you know, yeah, our St.
0: Paddy's Day parade the first time in I think 37 years got canceled and then South by Southwest and Coachella and yeah it's just everyone's kind of hunkering down and it's yeah, wise you know it every, is. it's like a bummer for everybody and it's scary for everybody but
1: I really do hope we can band together instead of having like fear-based reactions. I know exactly so that was my my real meltdown moment but I've now been trying to manage that and just kind of focus on what I can control and trying to be as, as cautious as I can without really going into panic mode.
0: Yeah. And you'll get back there to visit once everything settles down.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we'll figure out an alternative plan. So my got it together is that I feel pretty good about my pantry meals game right now. So <laughs> Well you gotta be at home then that's exactly. good meals. I am a freelancer who likes to cook, so <laughs> I am pretty good at doing these things. So we have gotten a few more canned goods and dried beans and staples in case we have to not leave the apartment for a few weeks, worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But as I was starting to look at different meals, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm pretty good at figuring out what to make from what we have in the kitchen. So <laughs> that's <laughs> the chop challenge every yeah, day. Exactly, so I'm feeling uh, positive about those skills. And you know, Brian was joking that we have a still, we can make alcohol if worse comes to worse. We can always survive. <laughs> well, and then you can sell it to other people. So it's well, a good backup speakeasy. plan. easy. Yeah, we have a, a plan B and plan C. <laughs>
0: that's very smart I mean and being a freelancer is such a benefit just as people are not able to go into offices and things like that for
1: sure being self-employed and already working from home like it's it's Mm -hmm. an advantage you know that I don't have to go out in the world and potentially expose others to something if I get sick or vice versa so that is a comfort yeah, we've been joking because our six-year-old boy, high
0: comedy, is toots and, you know, <laughs> so we, we are joking about if we have to be inside for two weeks and with cans of beans, what's going to happen?
1: I <laughs> oh, must be loving that.
0: Oh, yes. yes. Hilarious. You <laughs> must be glad you're not in that environment. <laughs> Well, that is all for this episode of Semi-Together. Tell us about a time when you took a big leap or transformed a tough situation into a positive change. Email us at podcast at or send us a voice memo.
1: And if you haven't already, please take a moment to leave us a review or share the podcast with a friend who'd enjoy it. Thanks for listening.